What's up? Hi. Hi. I'm really not great at starting these. You know, it's okay. It's a lot of pressure. I know. You know? It is. Yeah. I tried to look up yeah. a uh, a pelvic floor joke to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find a joke, but I, I do like this word, exhaustipated. Yes. You Too tired to word. give a shit. Mm-hmm. You've said that I've said that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's all we got. Can can we just be honest? Yes. Truth be told, this Mart, this is round two of our intro. This happens a lot while we it record. Does. If only you knew the behind the scenes, the <laughs> BT outtakes. Yeah. yeah. If we could afford a full production team, we would just create a series bleep bleepers. <laughs> Bloopers. Mm, bloopers. <laughs> but Marcy told a story <laughs> the first time. If you can call it that. And it didn't go as planned. <laughs> no. Maybe we should, Dakota, maybe you should just put it. We'll see if we can weasel it in here. But here we are. And we're so excited for this episode. Marcy has the pelvic floor. It has nothing to do with the story that I attempted. Nope. And, you know, we're just really happy. We're just out here trying to make it, you know, we're, and we're happy and, and we're, we're not giving up. We're not giving up. And we're, we're rising to the top. Enjoy. Yes. Enjoy. Bye. Join motherhood wellness expert, Allison from the Honest Peach and pelvic floor and women's health expert, Dr. Marcy at the down there doc as they do a deep dive into all things hashtag mom. They add professional expertise, humor, truth, their own experiences, and host expert guests to discuss what the hell is happening during motherhood and how to prioritize your health as a mama. You'll find zero tips on potty training, but we'll learn all the tips on putting yourself and your health and well-being first among pee field sheets and rage cleaning. It's all about motherhood, vaginas, and everything in between. Hashtag no No mama behind. Hey, y'all. If you're a fan of the show, we would so appreciate if you could leave us a review. We love hearing from you, and it really helps us bring you weekly content about all things mama. We're running a giveaway that includes free entry to my online course and community down there done right, where we take out the overwhelm of birth and postpartum recovery valued at over $300 and Allison's soul time guide, a 35 page workbook on how to find your identity and reduce anxiety in motherhood. We choose a one lucky mama per month. All you have to do is leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and stay tuned to hear us call your name on the show. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to it, another day. <laughs> Welcome to today. <laughs> it's a great day. It's a great day. You know, I've um liked a reel on Instagram that was this like motivational speaker account. And it was yeah. like, and now I'm getting them all the time in the algorithm. Oh. And I one like is it. all it takes. I know. Changes I know. the trajectory. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, but yeah, now I'm getting all of them and I'm like, what I'm 
I'm I'm enjoying it. It's helping me. You are? Yeah. Look at yeah. you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to share with us like a little a little tidbit? Um yeah, so there's that there's a whole bunch of them, but you know, like Brene Brown comes up in there and oh, okay. there's that famous one of that um older gentleman, I can't remember his name, but he like wins some sort of award at um like either TV or movie or something. And he's like, you know, um, stay tuned for my career in motivational speaking. I everyone is going to say, wow. Wow. Field. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, how that guy says the words really helpful. It's like, uh, Oh, he says, you know, like surround yourself with people that only light up when you come into a room. Have you heard that? Like when you reach the top of a mountain, it's the bottom of another one. So never stop climbing. Oh, is it the guy who had cancer? The sports guy? The coach? I don't think so. Did he have a New York accent? No, no. All right. Anyway. I'm inspired. <laughs> I'm ready to take action. Wow. <laughs> wow. I hope you guys are fired up. Never quit. Just don't quit. <laughs> That's just. The grass isn't always greener. Two pence, six dozen to the other. (laughs) Trucking. Live, laugh, love. I want. (laughs) Eat, pray. I want love. (laughs) Marcy just recorded with affirmations every morning for me. (laughs) I'll send you a voice message when I wake up. Today's affirmation. His Rome wasn't be great in a day. (laughs) Anyway, how are you? What's up? How you Um, been? I'm I'm good. Uh, Just Just pregnant. Just pregnant. Kind of trucking along. It's getting hard to bend over. Oh yeah, you know the things. Mm -hmm. The things are happening. Um, I posted this on my stories the other day. You know how. You have great advice, and then you realize that you're doing the opposite of the mm-hmm. advice. Uh-huh. Yeah, like all the time. Yeah. Um. So I was getting real annoyed and like kind of down about all the changes that happened to my body in mm-hmm. pregnancy, and yeah. not just like the weight gain. Like honestly, the weight gain doesn't really bother me. Like I got a big old belly. You know, it is what it is. But my puffy dark circles under my eyes get so much worse Mm. and I've always been self-conscious about that so that's probably why they bother me so much and then all of the blood vessels around my nose Mm. get really red I think I've talked about it before so I was just like having a moment you know I was like putting on makeup and I was like what's the point I look like shit I'm like swollen I look like I'm like allergetic all the time (laughs) and I was just Mm. like really fighting it and then I remembered radical acceptance okay hey and I was like, I can't change this for at least another however many months. This is my reality. So I can either whine and cry about it for the next three months and make myself miserable. Or I can just accept that it is the here and now. So that's what I did. Okay. And I've been, and I've been better ever since. Great. I think you look beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Some days I'm really happy that all of my work is done via Zoom. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Most days I'm really happy about that actually. Cause right now I'm wearing compression socks and biker shorts. Perfect. So did your belly get really itchy when you were pregnant? Are pregnant? God, mine was so itchy. Like mm-hmm. I would just rip off my maternity pants after. Like it just, oh, I just was constantly scratching my belly. You know what? You know what's interesting is like you always compare your second pregnancy to your first and like i don't know why we think they're going to be the same like yeah we're not the same the world's different like everything's different but we happens when they that happens when like, they're born too by the way yeah <laughs> you think that's one's gonna be the same it ain't yeah. yeah 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 so i've been doing that a lot and with ellie i really liked my belly being supported like i liked over the belly pants mm, you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah now i'm like i would Get be naked off. if i could. oh yeah that's i was like that too just i just like Press it. One and yeah, and my ribs hurt so yes. bad. God, yes. My ribs hurt so bad, and there was like nothing. Yeah, I could do about it. I just ordered a size H. Raw. <laughs> I mean, I feel for you, and I wish I had some they words. So heavy. Yes. They're Can like, you get in a so- pool? Can you get in a pool and just boy, yeah. just let them yeah. get I off? Actually, I actually took a, a bath the other night and it was oh, nice. Good. They were just floating. Yeah, they do. We used to in California, um, you can like go to the beach, you know, and dig a hole and lay <laughs> and then bury yourself in it. <laughs> but lay, just kidding. Lay on your belly and with like your boobs and your belly in the hole. And it's like, you did that. Well, I didn't because I was pregnant in Portland, but like a lot of people. Really? Yeah. You just dig yourself a hole and you go on. Just lie on top of it and just let it go in. Just let your belly and your boobs go in. I mean, we had pregnancy pillows in the clinic that were these big foam pillows that you could like, they could lay on their belly and I could work on their back, you know, prone. But um, yeah. Yeah. Getting water. I think I feel strongly yeah and they're so you know obviously they're saggy from number one and so now they're like sitting on my belly Belly. Mm. gotta do a little cornstarch under there right (laughs) i haven't done that you should i mean there's you mean for like chafing (laughs) yeah and just some freshness they don't chafe yet or smell do you get sweat under there no okay that's good Although I, I normally use deodorant without aluminum in it. And I think I'm going to have to go back to the dark side because your girl stanks. Haven't we talked about that? No. About going back to the dark side because regular. Yes, we have in episodes. We have, because I was like, just stop doing it. Get the real shit. Oh, 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 I see. Yeah. We probably have said that before. I thought you were going to whip out some st- statistic that like, no, it's bogus and aluminum mm-hmm. is fine. No. Ah, so anyway, anyway, just, all right. You know, living the dream, just living the dream, living the dream. Okay. Okay. How are you? I'm all right. My parents were here this last week, which was a fucking miracle. And oh, thank God. Grammy. You know, they just left today. Grammy was here for a week. Grampy came for a long weekend, Thursday to today. And um, it was great. Good. Super helpful. We did a lot of closet organization and purging oh. of boys' 
stuff. My mom isn't one to sit still, you know? Oh, girl. So she, so she doesn't, yeah. yeah, she doesn't like to just like sit around, you know? I mean, it's like seven 30 in the morning. Kids are off to school. I'm starting to get ready for my work day. And she's like, all right, so I need you to look at these uh, drawers that I just yeah. pulled out and mm-hmm. we got it. And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm not complaining. It definitely needs to be done. And she's the best type of person to do that. But it was not relaxing in the sense that like I could just take a nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. If I was like, so, my but it was wonderful. Had me like write down projects mm-hmm. for ahead of time. Do before she got here mm-hmm. to be yeah. completed. And mm-hmm. I used to like get offended by it. Like she literally looks under the bed. Same. And came to me and is like, I found these under the bed. What do you want me to do with them? And I used to 100%. be like offended. Like, yeah. Why are out you... of my space? Like, what yeah. are you doing? My mom too. But now I know that she, that's just like her way of helping. Her... Yeah. Love language, right? Oh. Acts of service. That's what yeah. my mom says for sure. Yep. I mean, she was like, I mean, she's a little you know, I think she was like looking for something and she went into the drawers next to my bed and she has enough taste not to like mention the vibrators and the lube that are in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, I just kind of, there dis- is, I think there is some part of them that just likes to be curious and kind of, sn- yeah, it's like, sn- oh, I'm, or I'm a little bit seeing what I need to organize. Yeah. And I'm like, you're yeah. looking in there. Um, yeah. so Yeah. But I, but like, I hope she didn't like pick them up and be like, what's this? And like, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. Marcy, I found your personal massager. <laughs> yeah. What do you want me to do? Wait, with is this it? for your physical therapy? Does that help your <laughs> neck muscles? Oh my God. Um, so anyway, but it's fine. It's good. They left. I'm bummed out about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was really. Does she cook for you? Um, he- you my mom yeah usually yes but what did we do she didn't she didn't do much cooking this time around i don't know why Hmm. but yeah i don't know but um usually usually yes but yeah it was man it makes me it makes me miss being close to family with the little ones and brent had like the busiest week ever and i had a super busy week too with work and you know the kids were sick and yeah i mean that's kind of why they she decided to come last minute. So it's all good. Isn't that crazy? Sean and I talk about that all the time that like, like on a Saturday, if we have like a project to do outside or something in the backyard, like just to be mm. able to like drop the kids off mm. and Hannah and grandpa's for a couple mm. hours. Mm. Yes. What is that like? Um, apparently it's extremely helpful. Apparently. <laughs> Allegedly. People Allegedly. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, my friends that live in the neighborhood, but have parents nearby. I mean, like they'll just, just come over hours. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we, we need to like run to, you know, drop the car off to get the oil changed. And I'm just dropping the kids off at the Grammys. And I'm like, yeah. Wow. Every time I go to a new base, I'm just out here looking for an emergency contact, you know, like, <laughs> Hey girl, you seem, you-, <laughs> you seem semi-normal. You want to be my emergency contact? Do you mind if I leave an extra booster in your car just in case? <laughs> That's for cool, real. right? For real. I know, dude. I know. And it's like uh, always so awkward when because we are putting, you know, and emergency contacts down at school and stuff. And like ours have changed since we've been here. And I feel like I feel like it's a rite of passage. You know, it's like I texted my friend and I was like, I'm gonna put you as the emergency pickup for both yeah. Jonathan and Will. Yeah. And she's like, 100%. Yes, I'm honored. Honored. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, okay. 
for me, I see one chick at the post office and I'm like, you're like, you know what's coming. You know, (laughs) that's a good thing about living on base, though, because I think everyone else is in that boat. Like, we're all just really helpful. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. The same. It's like, oh, man. So nothing else on your end. I actually Uh, just signed up for a uh, like unlimited car wash because I have my new car, of course. And (laughs) did you get an air freshener? No, no, it's a very it's a barcode. Mine too, apparently. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that, though. To the 21st century. Yeah, I thought it was thought it was air freshener. I um, Yeah. yeah, the other day. I got really mad at me because I had to get up super early. Oh, Jonathan's karate tournament. So it was Saturday. Was it? No, 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 no. It was another time I had to get up really early and he had <laughs> whatever. I am up fucking early all the time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, is that my alarm went off super early and <laughs> Brent, I had fallen asleep. Okay. First of all, my, I have to have my alarm really fucking loud. Otherwise I like, I will snooze that bit. Yeah. And I will snooze that bitch 10 times. Snooze, yeah. snooze, snooze for like 45 minutes. Brent and no wakes... recollection of snoozing. No. It just happens. Yeah. Yeah. And Same. Brent will wake up like if, you know, a leaf yeah. falls yep. 10 feet away. Right. So his alarm is like, good morning, Brent. It's time to get up. <laughs> time to get up. And then he's like, Beep. like, and he cannot go back to sleep. I am not like that. Yeah. So he, he, it's always been a source of contention in our relationship about the waking up procedure because yeah. he's like, turn <laughs> alarm. And I'm like, what alarm? And it's been like going <laughs> off and on and on. So the other day I fell asleep. I guess I don't know what happened, but I woke up at some point and I turned around on my belly and I put my arms under my pillow like this, mm-hmm. like put my, both my arms under my pillow and I fell asleep on my arms. Okay. Okay. And so the alarm went off. It was like 5:45 in the morning. And both my arms fell asleep. Like dead asleep. Like that, you know, sometimes if you just sleep on one and you're like, fuck. Yeah. And you have yeah, to like yeah, yeah. lift it up. Okay. So both of mine were like dead asleep. And I was like, I was like rolling around in bed. <laughs> to like lift my arms up and Brett was like yelling at me it's like utter chaos he's like turn off the fucking alarm and I was like I can't I can't lift my yes I was like I can't lift my arms I have like dead arms like I could not lift it so he's like damn it and he like rolls over reaches across me I'm like oh lift my arms up. like I couldn't I was just I had I'm like dead arms literally I felt like it was the strangest sensation. I was like, I can't lift my arms up. I can't lift my arms up. And, he, and so he rolls over to get the fucking alarm. He knocks my phone off the side table and it like oh clatters on the phone. And he's like, God damn it. Then he's like, I can't reach down because my arms aren't working. So then he has to like get down and get it. It was like mask. <laughs> and then we just said like, we just said nothing. Like we didn't even address it. Yeah, like no. he just, just he turned it off and I got up to like take a shower. And I was like, God, like, yeah, like I was like that person that doesn't move her arms around, you know. <laughs> and then later oh, in the kitchen, God. I was like, I was like, that was weird this morning. Like, <laughs> so about this morning, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, God, what the hell? I'm like, I don't know, dude. Actually, I have one more. One. More. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, <laughs> it was so strange. 
Because I don't think I've ever had two fall asleep at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you're rendered useless. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I oh challenge you God. to to put yourself in my shoes. I was rich. So okay. anyway, I don't even want to tell my story. And let's just end on that and get to the episode. All right. Great. What are we talking about? Today is an amazing episode. About endo and pelvic pain. Right. I have the pelvic floor. We're going to talk about um, endometriosis and pelvic pain and how it relates to infertility and and the difference between lots of cool diagnoses. And I give a shout out to a really awesome woman physician in Los Angeles who I don't know personally, but have seen patients and she, um, I would like to know her. So Well, let's dive in. All right, here we go. The Down There Docs online programs help you actually enjoy motherhood and the postpartum journey because let's face it, motherhood and wrangling your kids is hard enough without having to be constantly thinking about your bladder or your pelvic floor. Whether you are currently pregnant, two hours postpartum, two weeks postpartum, or eight years after baby, it's time you finally give yourself the opportunity to be taken care of. The Down There Docs online programs will give you quick, easy, actionable exercises, information, and necessary tidbits. So you can not only go into your delivery clear-headed and confident, but you can start recovering quicker and easier. And you aren't thinking about your pelvic floor coming in to ruin the party. You'll learn things like proper pelvic floor exercise, safe tummy workouts, how to get back under the sheets with your boo without pain or stress, and how to actually prepare for delivery to give yourself the best chances possible to reducing significant tearing and trauma to your pelvic floor. Join hundreds of women in a private, safe, and fun community along with a team of medical providers that actually have your back and are rooting for you. It's like combining your besties with your medical team. What could be better? Join now if you're pregnant or if you're at any stage postpartum for 20% off using code NMLB20 at thedownthereDoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. That's NMLB20 at www.thedownthereDoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. See you in there. Dr. Marcy, I'm so excited for you to have the pelvic floor today. What are you, what are you throwing at us today? This, this is a good one. And I think this is a topic that affects a lot of women and moms, and it's not really talked about that much, um, Mm -hmm. but it's an underlying disease. I think that sometimes goes kind of undetected uh, for a while. So we're going to be chatting Mm -hmm. about endometriosis and how, and how it affects fertility. Mm-hmm. and kind of what the treatment options are and how it affects your pelvic floor. Okay. So just a disclaimer on this stuff. Um, I am not a medical doctor. I am a doctor of physical therapy. I'm getting a lot of my information from articles on PubMed, of course. And there's a physician in Los Angeles. Her name is Iris Orbuck who okay. I sent a lot of my patients to when I worked in LA and she just wrote a book with a colleague of mine who her name is Amy Stein, who is another pelvic floor PT and Amy Ooh. Stein is based out of um, New York. And they wrote a book on endometriosis together. And um, I really like what Dr. Orbeck 
talks about because she um, breaks it down really easily. This is not sponsored, by the way. This is yeah. just like yeah. tips. We got to um, see if we can get them on. That'd be awesome. I know. Yeah, she's really good. And Amy Stein is awesome too. Um, but anyway, they, she talks a lot about that and like the role of pelvic floor physical therapy and how important it is that you, wow. when you're going, undergoing treatment for endometriosis, that you also have um, a pelvic floor PT in your back pocket. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about in this episode, kind of what endometriosis is, some Rick's, mm-hmm. Rick, some risk factors for it. Um, and symptom, common symptoms, how mm-hmm. it affects fertility, and then kind of like where to go um, from here. And I think that this is a kind of a pertinent topic right now. There's a new movie that just came out called Below the Belt. Have you seen? No. Like anything? Like a documentary? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And it's um, it's called Below the Belt. It was produced. Um, Hillary Clinton was one of the producers. Um, and it's a documentary that follows different women who have an endo and how they navigate it and what their circumstances are, um, impact on their relationship, how they're navigating everyday lives. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So that is called below the belt. Um, and there's a lot of celebs on it that kind of talk about it in a way, you know, that, that have experienced it and then, you know, kind of, um, so it's solely focused on. Endo. endo. Yep. Yeah. It's called below the belt. Oh yeah. I know like Lena Dunham mm-hmm. has talked a lot about mm-hmm. her endometriosis and I've, I've seen it a lot in mm-hmm. celebrities, which I'm excited there's, to get into because there's yeah. like women aren't being listened to, like their pain is being dismissed. So yeah, that's for sure. I kind of don't know a lot about it. So I'm excited to get yeah. into it. Yeah. So Hillary Clinton produced it and it's, um, I think Jamie Foxx's daughter is in it. She Mm. has endo. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of really cool information. And this used to be kind of endo used to be kind of thought of as like this silent disease really. And, you know, this kind of goes back to a lot of (laughs) like women's menstrual pain and reproductive pain kind of being gaslighted, like, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. There's like, you're being a baby, you know, like stop complaining about Take some it. ibuprofen. When, yeah. When in yeah. fact, like this is a serious, very painful um, disease that affects a lot of women and a lot of different parts of their reproductive life. Mm-hmm. So well, let's, let me put on my glasses. Oh, get your legal pad out. Let's get into it. Shall we? <gasps> All right. Click. Um, okay. So what do you know about endo? Do you know anything about it or what? Um, I mean, so I know it has to do with the lining of your uterus. Mm-hmm. What is that called? Your endometrium. Oh, hello. Very good. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, and that's about all that I know. I know I got tested for it because I had mm. really painful periods, periods, although I never uh-huh. actually got tested for it. They wanted me to, and I didn't. Um, so I know that I like painful periods. I know it affects fertility, not sure how, and I know it has to do with the endometrium and that's pretty much the extent. Yep. So the lining of the uterus is called the endometrium and endometriosis is a disease where those cells, which are similar to the lining of the uterus are found other parts in the body outside of the uterus. Okay. What the fuck? Yeah. So Okay. Carry on. Okay. So more specifically, (laughs) um, it's when, so how, um, Dr. Orbach describes it. And I like her stuff more than like, um, you know, web MD or whatever it, 
occurs when the endometrial glands are found in locations other than the lining of the uterus. So we can see endometriosis or these types of cells that make up the lining of the uterus really anywhere on the fallopian tubes, on the ovaries. Um, sometimes it's uh, on the bowels. Um, there's specific kind of places that um, in between the large intestine and small intestine that endo can grow. A lot of times it will uh, adhere down to the bladder, to the- So anything wall. in that region, it's not about to yeah. attach to your knee. No, yeah. no. <laughs> I have endometriosis oh, in my brain. Very strange. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, and so there's also this term called chocolate endometriosis. Have you heard of this? I think we talked about this on no. another episode. This is where when they go in, and we'll talk about kind of treatment and diagnosis, and they start to um remove the endometriosis, that it's so dense and so um capillary rich that it's like dark brown. Like when they cut and remove it, it's like, it's looks like chocolate, like melted chocolate. It's, mm. it's just like sticky and like, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. very, very painful. Causes a obviously. ruckus. Yeah. And really something to know everyone that the gold standard, the only way to actually diagnose endometriosis is by surgery. It's a laparoscopic surgery. You cannot diagnose it just based on subjective reporting. You can assume, right? Like you can suspect and have it kind of up on your list based on some of the symptoms, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but you cannot tell someone that they have endometriosis until you've done a laparoscopic procedure and you look at it and remove it. Huh? Okay. Yeah. I can already see issues there. With like yes. insurance not wanting to pay for that. And so then you don't get a diagnosis. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know the rates on that. Um, I think if it's the surgery is warranted, you know, and you can, I mean, I'm assuming that you document, you know, all of these clinical signs that are pointing to it, um, mm-hmm. that would be cause for surgery also. And then I think it's like, oh, and we found endo in there. Yeah you know? Um, and sometimes people do laparoscopic surgery, uh, for other reasons and they find endo in there Yeah, and they'll remove it, you know, cause once you're in there, you know, you can excise the tissue. Um, and oftentimes, you know, kind of first line treatment in Western medicine is, uh, oral birth control to stop periods because most of the symptoms, for women that have endometriosis come along around their menstrual cycle. And it's um, very, very painful during, before, after (laughs) any time during the month, basically, because that tissue is um, and scar tissue has has developed in, in all sorts of different areas. And I've seen it too, in clients who have kind of this like um, nondescript pelvic pain or like very specific, like anal pain. It's Mm. like, Really? Yeah. Like very specific kind of like right in the perineum, like right around their anal opening around their period. And it's like super, super period, but like only when they have their period What? and it's like a lot of, yeah. So a lot of times it's like, Oh, is it a hemorrhoid? Is it pelvic floor? Like, what is it? And you know, if you are, if you're suspecting it's pelvic floor and you find pelvic floor stuff, you continue to treat that, you know, it might get better up to a certain point, but then like every time around period, it comes back, you know? So, so, then it's like, so just okay. to clarify birth control 
controls the symptoms of it, but it does nothing to like treat it. It's just for pain, basically. Correct. Um, Yes, I'm not like 100% sure on this, but yes, it's basically something to do with, and please, if there's any sort of um, OBGYN or endocrinologist out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but my assumption and my understanding is that when you're on oral birth control and you suppress the hormones that give you a period, then you also suppress the growth of it. But I'm not like oh, okay. totally sure on that. Okay. I'm not like hundred percent sure on that. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that's just the gold standard. And like that's why I got on birth control was because of my my bad pain. period, my bad pain. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't know if it was endometriosis or not. Mm-hmm. But so I, mm-hmm. I I'm assuming that's sort of like, oh, okay, you're having pain with mm-hmm. periods. Let's get rid of your periods. Get rid which, of your periods. Yeah. 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 And something to remember too, that the gold standard in the literature is not a hysterectomy or removal of ovaries. Yeah. Okay. It's like, let's not just go ahead and remove organs. If we right. The goal is to to. remove the tissue, the lesions. Yeah. Not the organs. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, okay. So symptoms, so common symptoms of people that have endometriosis, like I said, super crazy periods, pelvic pain during, before, after any time, um, constipation, Mm. Mm. because you can have, um, the lesions around the bowels, um, and that scar tissue can really affect motility and pain, bloating, painful intercourse. This is what we see a lot, um, in our patients that come in for pelvic floor physical therapy and with a diagnosis of endometriosis and sometimes an undiagnosed yeah. <laughs> endometriosis. Right. But usually with, with endometriosis and pelvic and pain with sex or vaginal penetration, it's like deep, it's like a deeper full penetration versus what we call entry dyspareunia, which is just pain at like okay. the first kind of opening, right? Yeah. Because now you're like deeper into the pelvic floor, deeper into the pelvic cavity, closer to the cervix. Yeah. You know, you could be potentially kind of seeing some effects from the endometriosis in that next layer. Um, infertility, because if it's affecting, you know, just the mechanical space of mm. the fallopian tubes, right? Like you, you know, eggs can't travel down, sperm can't travel up. Yeah. Um, And then of course, if there's, um, any sort of like hormonal, uh, issue associated with that also, that could be affecting ovulation, um, diarrhea, painful bowel movements, frequency, urgency of urination, which we see a lot in the clinic, painful urination, um, fatigue, malaise, lower back pain, heavy, irregular periods. So, I mean, these are things that affect a lot of women. Endometriosis is common. Um, it affects according to Dr. Orbach, 176 million women worldwide and occurs in seven to 15% of women. Um, which is like, you know, kind of a good, good chunk. Um, so these symptoms really are related to where the endometriosis grows. Okay. Oh, okay. So like if you have like just because you have endometriosis doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to have endometriosis like all over the place. Right. Or like, like you could just have it grow in like one very specific place. Okay. Um, it's not a written guarantee that you're going to have endo like all over. And in some cases I've had clients and patients who have undergone laparoscopic 
surgery to find endo, didn't find anything, um, still were having symptoms, you know, still all the things. And then like a year or two later, they go back in for another laparoscopic surgery and then they find it. So it sometimes, um, can be a little tricky depending Hmm. on where it is. So there's something called the uterosacral ligament. Um, if you have endometriosis around that area, that is commonly associated with painful sex, constipation, constipation, diarrhea, painful poops. Um, if you have it on the ovary, if you have it on one ovary on your left ovary, you might have left-sided pelvic pain, right? If you have it on your right ovary, you might have right-sided pelvic pain. Um, if you have it on your bladder, this is where you might see more of the urinary symptoms frequency, Mm. urgency, pain, that sort of thing. Um, you could have all of it. You could have none of it. You could have one, (laughs) you know, I've, like I've said, I've seen patients that have it all over that have a lot of different dysfunction. And then patients that just have it in one tiny little spot. And it's like that wreaks havoc on pooping or that wreaks havoc on tampons or speculum exam. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then sometimes you can have it. And this is what's so crazy about endo and not have any symptoms at all. So annoying. Yeah. So you could, and like the, like I said before, some people have gone in for laparoscopic exploratory laparoscopic surgery to see, you know, or for something else for infertility, for example, or something else. And then they're like, Oh my God, you have endo all over the place. And they're like, wow, yeah. no symptoms, you know? Um, so do you know if it's beneficial to take it out, even if you're not symptomatic? I think if you're, yeah, I think so for sure. Especially if you're trying to get pregnant and you Mm. are having infertility. Yeah, for sure. Cause I think a lot of, and there are some infertility docs and reproductive endocrinologists who will do like, if they have unexplained infertility, will do exploratory lab. And a lot of times they'll find endo and scar tissue and they'll be like, okay, they'll take it out. And then that was the cause of the infertility. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you know, plenty of women may not have symptoms at all. And then, you know, the only symptom per se would be they can't get pregnant and then they discover that they have it. Um, so she actually has a stat on that. So if, and she, Dr. Orbeck says, if your doctor told you that you have unexplained infertility, like I was talking about, endo can be the culprit in 40 to 50% of the cases of infertility. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Significant. More than yeah, around half of unexplained infertility. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Um, Remind me, did you have unexplained infertility? I forget. um, No. Okay. No. Well, not originally. No. Uh, But then, like when it wasn't working, they were like, "I don't understand why it's not working." And then I developed like a bunch of scar tissue and shit from like all of the DNCs yeah, yeah, yeah. and the losses that I had to get removed, which is very similar to like removing endo because yep. it's like inflammation. And, um, there's like a name for septum. Like I had scar tissue inside my uterus that had like pulled the two walls together. So they had uh, to like cut that and remove it because then junk. Yeah. Cause I have all like the DNCs like repeatedly. Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, That's endo in terms of fertility. And I do know, um, in my experience as a pelvic floor PT, it it can come back. Um, so sometimes people will have to have repeat laparoscopic surgeries kind of depending on 
what their symptoms are and the level of endo that they have and how it's affecting their daily life. Um, and then, you know, kind of be on some sort of maintenance treatment in, in between. Um, it is very common in teens and adolescents, um, especially if those teens have had a history of painful periods and pelvic pain. Um, so teens and adolescents also can report you know, painful pooping, constipation, cramps, bladder pain. Um, you know, if they're sexually active, they might report pain with penetration. Um, but we like to kind of divvy up if you will, endometriosis into like superficial endometriosis and advanced endometriosis. And both of those can be found in teens also. So even though they haven't been menstruating for a long time, right? Like maybe they've only been menstruating for two or three years, they can have advanced endometriosis. Yeah. Yeah. Any, you might be getting to this, but I'd love to hear if they know if anything can cause it. Risk factors. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, so there are some risk factors, um, and these are thought of to, you know, possibly increase one's likelihood, uh, for getting endo. Um, but there, and Dr. Orbuck says this too, there are tons of women out there who can have endo and not have any risk factors. Okay. So who knows (laughs) really not, not required, not required. So this is really interesting. If you have a family history, um, and it's um, your mother or your sister, you have a higher risk. So if your mom has endo, you have a seven times higher risk of developing endometriosis. Okay. If your mother has it. Um, If you have early menses, okay. So like got your period at a younger age, early onset painful periods. So first you know, a couple periods are painful and always were painful as opposed to having years of not painful periods and then painful periods. If your cycles are shorter and more frequent, um, no children. So if you haven't had children, that's a risk factor. Um, and then any sort of autoimmune issue. So Dr. Orbach lists out thyroid, mm. any sort of like rheumatism, rheumatoid arthritis, um, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, eczema, any, any type of food allergies or sensitivities that could potentially increase your risk. Kind of like inflammation in general. Yeah. And right. And that's really what is a big part of endo too, is like inflammation of all the tissues. That's why it's so part of the reason why it's so painful. Um, right. And so when you remove it, you remove the offending tissue and decrease the inflammation. The offending um, tissue. The I love offending that. Like they're tissue. on trial. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, so questions about any of that? Um, I don't think so. I've kind of been peppering them yeah. as we've gone along. Yes. But so um, I also kind of want to talk a little bit about the difference between endometriosis and something called adenomyosis. Oh my God, that's what I have. Adenomyosis? Yeah. Okay. I, I totally forgot about that. Shit. <laughs> Until you just said that. That oh. explained my painful periods. Go on, please. Tell the people okay. and me because I kind of forget. Okay. Yes. Um, importante. So adenomyosis is uh, where you have the same type of tissue that you have an endometriosis. So it's the tissue that's in the lining of the uterus and the endometrium. Um, so this is found, those 
tissues are found within the myometrium, which is the muscle of the uterus versus outside of the uterus, like in endometriosis. Okay. Okay. So the tissue infiltrates into the muscular layer of the uterus versus like into the um, ovaries or bowel or bladder or fallopian tubes. However, they can be found together. Endometriosis and adenomyosis can be together, um, but they also can be separate. Like you, it's not a written guarantee if you have endo that you have adenomyosis and if you have adenomyosis, you could just have adenomyosis and not endo. They're mutually exclusive. Yes. Found okay. together, but also can be independent too. So okay. very similar <clears throat> symptoms, um, painful periods, mm-hmm. heavy periods um, that can lead to anemia, right? Because you're losing a ton of blood, mm-hmm. painful sex, pelvic pain, irregular, irregular bleeding, um, and pelvic heaviness and pressure. When were you diagnosed with that? They did, um, an MRI on my sacrum and they were kind of like, oh yeah. And you have a adenomyosis or whatever. Was that when you broke your sacrum or Uh, when I was having like pain? Yeah. They were looking for pain. Interesting. Yeah. Cause it wasn't my OB that found it. And then, so I feel like they didn't really give a shit, you know, it was like a pain doc or an ortho or someone, Mm. Hmm. but I totally forgot I had it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So this can be, it's can be diagnosed through an MRI, but the gold standard is the same as endo It's a laparoscopic procedure. Got it. Um, and what they find with that is that the uterus is enlarged, boggy, pale, boggy. And <laughs> don't be, don't you be calling my uterus boggy. boggy. Your uterus is. Yeah. Um, but the thing that can be confusing here with diagnosis is that um, sometimes imaging, you know, if you might get an ultrasound or any other type of imaging, it might say that it, it's a fibroid, um, oh. but it's not, a, but in actuality, it could be an um, adenomyoma. So MRI has to be used to differentiate between the two, between fibroid and adenomyoma. Oh, MRI can do it. Okay. MRI. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So I think that's important to note because, um, sometimes people have uh, both, you know what I mean? Can it affect fertility in the same way? I don't know the question. I don't know the answer to that. I would okay. assume, I would assume yes. Um, but I don't know if it's at the same rate as endo Yeah, because it's not infiltrating the other structures. I'll, I'll write that down for when we have Dr. Orbuck. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. Yes. I'll make a note of that. Yes. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about infertility and endo, because I think that, um, this is a, this is a common one. Um, and that stat, you know, 40 to 50% of, um, endometriosis being a cause of unexplained infertility is kind of a big number, you know? Um, and in fact, when I was going through fertility, I hoped that I had, that. <laughs> you know, I was like, did they I check want- for it? No, because I didn't have any of the symptoms and we originally were not unexplained, but then afterwards, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll just, I just want an answer, you know, like I just want them to find something and be like, yep. this is why. Um, so like I said before, infertility sometimes is the only symptom of endo. Um, in other people you can have, um, all the other ones, painful periods, constipation, diarrhea, blah, 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 all the things. Um, uh, Orbuck, 
coins the term silent endometriosis, which is where it's women who suffer from infertility, but are completely asymptomatic. Okay. Mm. So this is kind of those, those people that we talked about a little bit. Um, so the reason why infertility occurs is, um, two reasons. One is inflammation. Like we talked about earlier and to the mechanical kind of structural scarring and adhesions in the pelvis. So if you have scar tissue or endometrial tissue, that's like literally blocking the fallopian tube, then you're not going to be able to ovulate. Like that egg isn't going to be able to get down into the uterus. Right. Um, yeah. Same thing. If there's like a bunch of scar tissue around the uterus or inside the uterus, you're not going to get a lot of blood flow around scar tissue. Embryos aren't going to be able to implant, you know, it just kind of is like a whole mix of things. So the inflammatory portion of it is where, um, she describes it as it interferes with the process of the egg and the sperm coming together. Okay. Or implantation in the uterine lining. Um, endometriosis can also cause structural alterations to the pelvic organs. Like we talked about, such as blocking the fallopian tubes or dilating the fallopian tubes, which Mm. can cause infertility. Um, also from a hormonal aspect, it can affect ovarian reserve and lead to poor egg quality. So that's some reasons too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like inflammation is the core of so many. (laughs) I know. And like, I I really want to get somebody in here to like kind of myth bust a little bit about inflammation and like what that really means, you know? Yeah. And like, it's such a buzzword right now. And I just want to make sure that we're talking about it logically and um, correctly. But yes, I mean, we are finding the more inflammatory lifestyle mm-hmm. and foods and disorders, mm-hmm. the more kind of cast. Dr. Laura, Lara Bryden might be a good one. Um, that's yep. a great episode. If you guys haven't listened to that, um, yeah, yep, she specializes sure. in hormones and she talked a bit about, um, yeah. cause you know, for, if you have thyroid issues, mm-hmm. a lot of times the first thing they recommend is removing certain foods that are inflammatory. So yeah, yeah it's so, yeah, it's so interesting, mm-hmm. but there is a really great, um, success rate with, uh, removing endometriosis and fertility, especially if there's, um, if that's kind of like the only, I would say problem quote unquote. Um, and a lot of times people will get, or if you, you mean like, if you go down the rabbit hole of like, why can't I get pregnant and like nothing's there? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Okay. Yeah. And I think, um, yes, correct. And there's not other, there's not other endometriosis symptoms like the mm, silent mm-hmm. kind of endometriosis. So, so uh, sometimes women will get pregnant naturally quote unquote, or I, sh- I should say without medical intervention after having endo removed, um, and not necessarily need IVF, um, not the case for everyone, but it was interesting when I was going through IVF, I had to have something called, um, an HSG which is, Oh my gosh. My friend was just talking about that. Tell me more. I was like, what did you have? Um, (laughs) I had that too. It's called a hysterosalpingogram. Okay. And this is where you are under a fluoroscopy, which is like real time ultrasound. And they put a speculum in you. It's almost like a live x-ray kind of, and they shoot into your bladder through your, oh, not your bladder. Sorry. They shoot into your uterus and fallopian tubes through your cervix, like this dye. And they look to make sure that the fluid like can go out 
So that the fallopian tubes are open, that your cervix is open, that your uterus, you know, and for somebody that had not had children yet, that was the most fucking painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like I, I can't even imagine it. I wanted, I almost passed out and like nobody told me about everyone, like all on my forums were like, Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. And I thought I was going to die. Like I put my, I was like, Oh, and put my hands like over my stomach like while they were trying to take a picture and the guy like, like came to, came in and like ripped my hands away. He's like, we can't see. Oh my God. It was so, and they left, the guy left the speculum in me and just left me in the room. And I was like, um, can somebody come take this out so I can get, Oh, I would have yanked that motherfucker right out of there. No, it's like, you have to unscrew it. Oh yeah. Cause it's, <laughs> it's like, burnt. And I was just like laying in there and I had to like push it. I'm like, could somebody come take this out, please? Oh and my God. Yeah, it was. Awful. I had a, a colposcopy where they. Yes. I've had those. Yes. Many times that. Yeah. Fucking hurt. So I can't yeah, even imagine crazy. having. Oh my God. So bad. But anyway, the point of the story is that yeah. the doctor <laughs> who did it, who did that was not a reproductive guy. He's like a radiologist or whatever. Probably why he left the speculum in me. Cause he's like, Oh, vagina is up. Um, he said that a lot of women sometimes will get pregnant after that procedure, the Mm -hmm. HSG, because it kind of just like, like if there's any like blockage or like, it just kind of like opens the cervix, you know, and, and me like clinging on to like, you know, every hope I was like, Oh, let's go have sex right now. You know, I was like, this is, this will be it. It was not it, but that's the same kind of, um, uh, reasoning behind women getting pregnant without intervention after removal of this of endo because they're yeah. restoring kind of normal anatomy, their inflammation is gone, like things can kind of you know go uh, n- to normally, I guess is what yeah. you could say. Um, interesting, yeah, very interesting. There you go. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about. And then we can kind of end on this, but I think this is really important. Um, the role of pelvic floor physical therapy and endometriosis together and yeah. what we see patients for and what we can do to help because endo is a very, um, tough diagnosis, both from like a physical and mental standpoint, especially if you've been dealing with it for a long time. And especially if you've had people not listening to you, mm-hmm. um, physicians telling you to just go on birth control, telling you to man up. I mean, there are a lot Use of a heating women, pad yeah, who like physically cannot get out of bed. Yep. You know, and you know, now there's medical community is starting to recognize that menstrual pain, even without endometriosis is similar to, you know, what ex- people experience with heart attacks and, you know, so <laughs> We need to one, stop gaslighting women's menstrual pain. I mean, yep. that's a whole nother topic. Um, yep. I had to miss school because of it a lot. And I mean, yeah, it got better because I was on birth control. And then sure. after I had Ellie and when I got my periods back, came back with, with vengeance. Yeah. 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 I was actually, when you said that, I was like, wow, has this been nice being pregnant? Right. <laughs> totally. Had to deal with that. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. But you didn't have any problem getting pregnant. You guys are like super mm-hmm. fertile. Yeah. 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 Which I'm wondering though, because it's adenomyosis, I wonder if that yeah. interferes less. Yeah, probably. I would think so. Cause it's the muscle as opposed to like, right. Correct. you know, the lining. Yeah. Or and the, the other organ. tubes or yeah, whatever. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, so I've seen a lot 
of patients over the years that have kind of all of these symptoms and whether or not endometriosis is the culprit or not, um, pelvic floor PT really is kind of a crucial, uh, step in treatment. Something to note is that a lot of times after endosurgery and they remove it all, the pain and dysfunction isn't gone a hundred percent in some cases, because there's this leftover kind of secondary uh, musculoskeletal problem from scar tissue, inflammation, pain. So we get like tight muscles, we get nerve sensitivity, Mm. we have, you know, guarding, we have trigger points, we have all of these things that happen when you're in persistent pain that gets worse, you know? Um, and so we remove the offending, (laughs) right? Like the The offending cause, let's say like if we, if we're saying that endo is like the, you know, we take that away. So that's great. But now we still have to address this like remaining 20, 30% because you can still have the same type of pain, especially if you've had endo for a long time over many organs, like that's going to make your tummy hurt. That's going to make your bladder dysfunctional. That's going to make your pooping. Like there's all these other things to happen. So even though in, in pelvic floor PT, we're not like treating the diagnosis, right? We're not affecting the disease process per se. We're treating all of the secondary things that come along with that, that play a big part in dysfunction and pain. And like the brain body connection. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're used to feeling pain there and pain can persist even if the problem is gone. Totally. And like some of the pain, like the endo might've been the trigger for that. Let's say, let's say you have like, you know, deep pain with sex or whatever. Let's say endo is like the trigger for that. We remove the endo. Okay. It's gone. But now you have and have had tightness and dysinertia and dysfunction in your deep pelvic floor muscles because every time a penis went in there, it hurt. So the muscles were like, don't do that. And then now it's like, okay, that's just what they think needs to happen. So it's, it's the same. It's the same. And then if you have, you know, there's a ton of nerves in your pelvic floor, a ton of nerves in your belly, a ton around your vulva, around your groin, around your butthole. There's a ton of nerves there. And if you're in there doing surgery and removing mm-hmm. scar tissue and moving shit around, like that's going to affect how the nerves are functioning and yeah, you can help with that too, you know? So, so surgery has a place for sure. Um, but I will say that in order to have the biggest success, you need to get into pelvic floor PT prior and after too. Yeah. That Um, makes sense. Just like you would get it if you had shoulder surgery, like you always say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But why do they treat the pelvic area different than any other area? Because we're women and it's the patriarchy and it's, I mean, like they literally, yeah, it's a different body part even though it's the same. It's body so part. weird to I me. Know. Like why wouldn't a surgery there affect? Cause like with shoulder surgeries and stuff, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but just let me talk. I know that when they do that, you know, it's like, it can affect nerves. You have to retrain, you know, you have to learn how to use that same. part again. It's like, it's the fuck. Oh, okay. Same. So the pelvic area is just immune yeah. to those things. Apparently. Now it just, there's yeah. the vagina there. So we should just not really touch it yeah. or look at yeah. it or talk about yeah. it. Yeah. It's just gas. It's just women being gaslit for yeah. years and years and years. 
doctors about their reproductive pain, about their genital pain, about periods, about, I mean. And do you know what I think it is too? I think that a lot of it is because you hear all the time, like women have been doing this for centuries, right? Which like may be the case, but have they been doing it and pain-free and well and right without issue, right? Like, yes, we've and been having you- babies and doing these things for centuries, but are we comfortable? Does anyone well, fucking care about that? <laughs> and here's the difference. And this is what I talk about at my webinars too, is that yes, that's true. We have been having babies for centuries, but how we're having babies now with all of the intervention and the time constraints and insurance and streamlined medical process is not how we had babies a hundred, 200 years ago, surrounded by women, you know, like helping everybody Mm -hmm. and like going on your own body body clock. So like you can't compare them because, because now it's like what we're taught and I tell, and I talk about this all the time, like I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but I'll be quick about it. Is that like, I teach women how to push, right? Like, mm-hmm. and people are like, why do you need to know how to push? Like women have been having babies for a bajillion years. So your body just automatically, automatically know? do it. And it's like, yeah, probably did because we were able to squat and move mm-hmm. and we were like on the planes and there were women around yeah. us and like, and like we got in the position that we needed to. But nowadays, like when we're, in, you know, the medical establishment, which is great medical advances, save lives, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, we don't, we're told by a nurse how and when and how hard to push Mm -hmm. first, you know? And so it's like, that's completely different. So like, no, a lot of people don't know how to push. Yeah. And it's like, so we have to meet what our current state is, right? Like we have to meet where we are right now in the medical community and with endo and with infertility and with birth prep and public floor, all that stuff. Like we need to adapt to where we are now. And yeah, it's it's almost like the same as it was a hundred years ago. It's almost like with the advent of all this amazing medicine, you know, with most things, the pendulum swung too far and an over-reliance on like data and science Mm -hmm. and Western medicine. And we forgot that like our bodies do know a lot, you know, like yeah. our bodies can teach us a ton. Yeah. Um, but it's that sweet spot of like, mm-hmm. also now we have technology. So we know how to not rip from our vagina to our asshole. And like, that's yeah. also nice to know. And, you know, you women know? were dying in childbirth at crazy oh, yeah. rates, you know, back in the day. <laughs> like, I was watching a documentary bleeding. in Russia. They would dig two graves before their wife went into labor. Okay. That's fucking terrifying. But yeah, it's, it's true. And that's how prevalent out. it was. It was yeah. like, well, she may or may not come out of this. Yeah. We'd bleed out. The baby yeah. would die. Yeah. I mean, even that like horrific birth scene, apparently in the Game of Thrones, like first the sequel, the dragon. House yeah, of the I dragon, haven't seen it. Like, I haven't either. But it's yeah. like you get a baby that's transverse back in the day, like you're dead. And so yeah. is the baby, you know, like yeah. there, there's nothing to do about that. Like C-sections have saved lives. Yeah. Antibiotics have saved lives like soapbox, yeah, but for sure. But I'm just saying that but like, needed it, but some things have been sacrificed and that is yeah. like the pelvic floor component. So anyway, yeah. tangent mountain, real us back and, in. Real us in. So I, I encourage you guys to really check out, um, Dr. Iris Orbuck. She is in Los Angeles. Um, Amy Stein is another pelvic floor PT out of, um, New York. She has written a couple other books too. 
um, it's just really great for me to see kind of joining of forces from yeah. both sides of the table and understanding and respecting that both professions need to come together to give the best care for women and that this pain is um, real and this is a disease and needs to be treated accordingly. And it's a lifelong situation and doesn't just affect your periods. It affects your future and your family planning and school and career and all the things. So um, we'll put a link to her website down in the show notes and, a link and that to the movie book and the movie. Yep. It's all mm-hmm. on the website too. Um, below the belt. Uh, there also was another movie that came out called tightly wound tightly wound film. And it's not hmm. necessarily about endometriosis, but it's about vaginismus, which is, Oh um, yeah, yeah. 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 Like a condition of spasming of the pelvic floor muscles that don't allow any sort of penetration. And I just really like to see movies like this coming out mainstream that are, um, bringing light to these vagina oriented, these vaginals. Yeah. All right. Y'all. Hooray. Thanks for that. Dr. Marcy. Hey, I am here for it. I have learned a lot. Great. Also learned again that I have adenomyosis. <laughs> Crazy. I should probably tell my 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 OB about it. Yeah, you know, that'd be good. All righty, Rue. See you on the other side. Bye-bye. <laughs>